Coming up on the Magnificently Huge podcast, we scare up some laughs with our talk about horror comedy. I see what I did there. Thank you. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey, listener, welcome to episode 109 of the Magnificent Huge Podcast. This is our annual Halloween spectacular that we've had such luck with in the past, which, not really, but we're going to do it anyway. Uh, This one's all about horror comedies, because that's our deal, that's our bag, that's our thing. Uh, We're not huge horror fans here at the podcast. It's not to say we don't like horror movies, it's just not something we gravitate towards naturally, unless it's got some funny. So horror comedies is our deal today. We're talking, uh, you know, Young Frankenstein, Beetlejuice, American War from London, uh, Gremlins, uh, Tremors. Well, there's a whole list of stuff, really. And we're going to get to some of them because it's a vast, massive subgenre. And there's much too much to talk about in one sitting. So we're going to cover the highlights, the stuff we like, the stuff we think you'll like. And then uh, we're going to get stupid because that's our deal. There's also a really hefty discussion about the movie Joker that has come out recently or if you're listening to this in the future has been out for a while but uh, we go over some of that because two-thirds of the show have seen it so here are our thoughts on that as well it's very fun if you like what we have to say you can reach out to us at our email magnificentlyhugegmail.com you know tell us what we got right what we got wrong what's good what's bad uh, etc really anything you want to say uh, we always like to hear from you you can also head on over to itunes we recommend that you can give us five stars rate us highly give us review that would be lovely or you can uh, catch us anywhere your podcasts pervade so that's soundcloud stitcher etc 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 we also have our social medias we're on uh, twitter at mag huge we're on facebook magnificent huge podcast we are even on instagram magnificent huge podcast which you know instagram's all about pictures and this is a sound thing so that's really handy. Wink, wink. Uh, and that's uh, about it, except for our website, maghuge.com. Head on over there. That's links and show notes and what have you. It's a lot of fun and frolic. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get right into scaring up some laughs. Because you see what I did there? That's a little play on the... Well, never mind. It's uh, horror comedies next. Happy Halloween. And we're back. Hey, I accidentally heard Rush Limbaugh this week for the first time in 20 years. And I didn't realize that now he sounds like a bridge troll. If you listen to a show, his voice has gotten very high and probably because of all the morphine he took. Yeah, I don't give a shit about Rush Limbaugh. Also, so he's kicking off our spooky <laughs> Halloween show with the scariest <laughs> yeah. possible well, thing. Thank is, you. Yes, he, he is caught a, it. exactly like Beetlejuice, though. If you say his name three times, he'll appear and sell you oxycontin so let's, let's not let's say our name instead. <laughs> that's, that's a good idea okay okay you first oh okay i'm brian okay. hi i'm brian uh this is chris and this is eric on the eib <laughs> radio <laughs> oh, network like every show this is like where we weed out all of the uh amateurs <laughs> it's like if you haven't hung up by now you're in for the ride Okay. Yeah, this is our chance to be silly tunes. All right. <laughs> it's awesome. So, yeah, again, happy Halloween, fellas. Uh, it's a spooky time of year, and I hope you're prepared. I'm, I'm, um, no, I'm not. Okay, good. Do you get trick-or-treaters at your new house, Eric? You don't know, because you just moved. I've been, I've been here eight minutes. Okay. Yeah, cool. I don't know. Well, you let us know. I think I do, though, because the place is just filthy with children. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, just make sure you give out the full-size candy bars, not them minis. Uh, that way your house won't get egged. I hand out smokes. That's a good idea. Yeah. And little bobble, bottles of bourbon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, that's the, the gist. We're doing a Halloween show again. This is our third one. Uh, the previous and- two have been spectacular, might I add. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, I've got, I, 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 we have my wife's uh, uh, cousin here and he's doing some home improvement stuff and putting up walls and junk. Yeah. And he told me he'd take a break for an hour, but it's been a lot of hammering and crashing and 
noising. Oh, that's so if you hear fun. if you hear that, that's all that is. That's well, not uh, honestly. That's not if if you look to the side, come for Ichabod Crane. If you look to the side while recording and the walls start bleeding and you hear "Get out," then you got something going on there. That would be a good wake up call, <laughs> wouldn't it? Though I think that would be a good <laughs> alarm clock. Actually, get out. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so two spectacular Halloween shows in the can already. This is our third, yes. and uh, I expect it's going to be equally uh, awful and stupid. And last, we might actually have more ideas for this one <laughs> yeah, than yeah. we've had the previous two years. That's which true. Is shocking. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. So yeah, this, this is a good concept. Yeah. Well, this year uh, I figured it would be fun to do horror comedies because we just recently talked about uh, the dead don't die, which Brian won't see which is fine. Uh, but it got me to thinking about all of the weird subgenre stuff. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of touch on that. So, you know, I got plenty in the pipe uh, for that. But before we start, did anybody do anything fun this week? It's the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. I saw Yoker. I saw Yoker. Oh, Yoker. Oh, let's do this. Yeah, and oh, don't man. don't feel bad about spoiling it from Wa because I honestly won't see it till it hits streaming. No, it's really no spoiler. Okay. Uh, but I will say one one thing off the bat I loved is that everything I saw in the trailer happens in about the first five minutes of the film. Really? So it's not like you mm. watch the film going, oh, I wonder when that part's going to come up where he gets hit in the face with the sign. No, that's like the first five minutes. So even the the dance down the stairs. No, like almost everything. Okay. Like the, okay. the 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 Joker makeup stuff. That's in the end. But okay. anything that makes you think you know what the story is, you kind of see up front. Okay. Well, what I like is that it's a very divisive film, and you two mm. are prime examples. Brian was sort of like, yeah, it was okay, it was good, and Eric is like texting, going, "This is the most amazing fucking genius thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life." <laughs> I, knew, I knew this was the movie made for yeah. Eric. Yeah. Right? Like. I, There's no my, way this wasn't going to be Eric. My Shane. wife leaned over to me during the film and said, it's like they made a movie of your head. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I was like, I was in a, a, a very silent but packed theater. And the, I, I realized about two thirds of the way that I was laughing like, like the top of my lungs. Nice. That's some of this shit. Nice. I'm just like, ah! And, and and did you notice you were the only one laughing, or were there others? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> awesome. It was just me. I realized, like, I had been a little scared of the whole incel story that someone would show up with a gun, and yeah. I realized suddenly I was that guy for everyone else. Yeah. Everybody's eyeballing you. About to yeah. open up. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, you might have been. Yeah. I did like. I, I, so here's the thing about Joker. I would have liked it better. If it was not about the Joker, if it was the exact same movie <laughs> and just not part of the Batman universe, yeah. I think I would have liked it but better. But then you couldn't, have called it, it. you couldn't have called it Joker then. Yeah, see, I think I can defend that. Okay. Here's my thinking. Because I had, I had the same thought. What if this wasn't a DC film? Here's the thing. Your sympathy for this guy would almost be built in if, if it was not a DC thing. But here it's, mm. you remember how you're supposed to like Batman and the Wayne family and you're supposed to not like the Joker cause he's bad here. It says, no, no, no. It's, it's a class struggle at work. And I've always said, Batman is a rich guy who beats up, uh, uh, Poor people. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, what this movie right, is. Yeah, the- I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to drop the spoiler, uh, the spoiler drop here. This shit is I need to get into a small spoiler for Joker here. So, Chris, this movie shits the bed about halfway through when it's revealed that at the very least, the Joker thinks that he's Bruce Wayne's stepbrother. Illegitimate child of uh, Thomas Wayne. Okay. He is also crazy. And his mom yeah. is crazy, well, so it's like you right. can't That's really. Why I said the Joker thinks yeah. that, but and, yeah, and and Thomas Wayne, his maybe dad, acts in every way like he could or could not be his dad. It's like it's so perfectly obscure that you don't know. Well, I like the the theory that I've read online that someone is purporting that the whole movie is basically just concocted inside his head anyway. 
that could it happen. might be yeah. it might be so there there is a there is a thing that confirms that Thomas Wayne is his dad except that we've already established by this point that the the Joker is an unreliable narrator and Potentially okay. every scene you've seen up to that point may or may not have happened. Except for <laughs> one thing. There's one thing that negates that, possibly. Again, it's 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 nothing is 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 set in stone here. But okay, there's a part should I ruin it? Can I ruin things? Yeah, Are we spoil it. Spoiler bump already. Yeah, yeah, go. I'm good. Go ahead. He, okay. Uh Zazie Beats, I think her name is. Yeah. She is not really his girlfriend, but he thinks she is, and he has like all these fight club like interactions with her where she's not really there and mm-hmm. at one point he realizes that and I'm thinking right. if the whole thing is in his head one of the things in his head is not going to be that something was just in his head interesting that's true that's true but you but at that point you don't know what is in his head exactly. and what isn't so right. you don't like, so does this become mo- crazy. like an inception sort of deal where it's just sort of the deeper you go the weirder it gets but you're still not quite sure which one is the I, real I think it's more like uh, uh the longer you watch the more you are insane the more you are the one whose whose uh, uh perceptions are so fucked up you're an unreliable viewer it's it's really great that way. Okay. Yeah, and and I will I will contradict myself and say that one of the things that makes it work is some of the just the most simple looks, you know, like the resting face of Joaquin Phoenix, right? Oh, like God, his he's just genius. normal resting face. When you know, and that's the Joker. You you write in your own mind all of this crazy shit that's behind his eyes potentially, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Well, I I. I, I will say there's uh, after at the end of it I I realized okay you could say I, I think a lot of people will do that did it all happen or did it not happen right I think it mostly um, happened there's a at at the end of it like like at the very very end he's walking out of a, a an examination room uh, and as he's walking he's leaving footstep prints in blood. Yeah, and it was like he may, you know, it's like is that real or is that not real? And that's when I was confronted with how much of this at all yeah. was real. And a lot of people are going to say, "Yeah, I th- like me, I think it was real." But there's this interesting moral dilemma: if you believe the whole thing is real because you want it to be real because that's how you like your movies, then that means you're also rooting for Joker having probably murdered Zazzy Beats and her daughter. <laughs> yeah. So this is like this is wow. like the Rocket Man of Joker origin story movies. Okay. And that yeah. It, okay. It's got that kind of thing going on. Um, well, have I you- will say this though. Somehow, somehow, this fucking movie manages to yet again stage the cinematic death of Bruce Wayne's parents, including the slow mo <laughs> well, shot of the pearls it, falling and, to the ground. And this time, give it a new meaning. This time, it isn't. I was robbing them. It was. You get what you deserve. Bam! So and and he rips yeah. the pearls off because fuck you and your pearls. Well, let's just I love. Let's that. just mandate this that every <laughs> Batman movie ever has to have the scene of the parents getting murdered, Apparently flashback or whatever. So. Just because you because if you if you don't have it, then how will you understand Bruce Wayne's trauma? Right? But the thing is, they know we've seen this so many I know, times. And that's that's what why I'm they saying. showed it again, okay. but undid it. Right. That's that's. That's why I was again laughing my balls off. All right. Yeah, and and so this is the other thing about Joker that I actually could have done without. And that was this whole notion that um Joker basically just kills these uh Wall Street jackoffs. And this starts a whole movement of people in Joker masks or in clown masks rather. Yeah. Uh riding this just like it's like Occupy has become the Joker, you know, movement or whatever. And then they're riding in the streets and it's, and it's part of that riot that kills the, the Wayne family, which, okay, fine. That, that kind of works. But in general, that whole clown movement thing, they didn't sell it for me well enough. I think, yeah, I think there was some, some footage missing, but what I got from that was not that, you know, he pulls a Bernie gets in a subway and that normally would get everyone to say, you know, um, I'm against the murderer, but because Thomas Wayne makes that public statement about, you know, um, was it, had the clown thing already started? Because he says, you know, I think all of these people who are losers are clowns. He's very Trump 
in his response. Yeah. And I think that's what sets everybody off. It's not that there's so much pro Joker is anti, so, you know, rich people looking down on them. So there's levels is what you're yeah. telling me. Okay. Yeah. Well, the bigger thing, and, yeah. and this is what but I want to At know. the same time, the, the, the size of the clown movement is a vote in the column of this isn't really happening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. You're, okay. You guys are selling it. You're making me kind of want to see it now, whereas before I didn't. So thanks. It, it's a good movie. It's a well-made movie. The mm-hmm. cinematography is fantastic. Yeah. The, the, the general like production design of 1970s New York slash Gotham oh, right? is yeah. spot on. Like It is the grittiest, nastiest Gotham ever. They used the 1970s era Warner Brothers intro uh, uh, yes. card, <laughs> nice. and that lets you know exactly okay. what the fuck you're watching. Okay. And the allusions to Taxi Driver and King of Comedy are 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 over overblown. Okay, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, is on, that just on their marketing? The most, I think so. On, okay. on only the most basic level, and certainly the King of Comedy thing. No, it's not. It is no okay. King of Comedy was about a guy who was in love with becoming famous. In this, he goes on the show to get revenge, and it is yeah. beautiful. the The one joke he tells in the whole movie that's funny is the yeah. one he says right before he shoots Robert De Niro in the stamper. It is. <laughs> it is. It there is, is another yeah. comedian who has a great routine though about how uh, men and women view uh, relationships. His, his jokes are like uh, women view relationships. Uh, like they view cars, you know, is it going to be reliable? Is it safe? Men view relationships like parking spaces. Like, can I put it here? Can I put it <laughs> anyway? <laughs> well, uh. <laughs> let me ask you this then, and uh, and we can put it to rest because uh, everybody's talking about this movie. But everybody's also talking about who now is the best Joker out of all of the filmic representations. I'm curious. It's still Heath Ledger. Is it still Heath Ledger in your opinion? Okay. Yeah. Eric? Uh, I think it depends on the script. I mean, oh come on, that's a wishy-washy. Make an answer. Who's your favorite Joker? Right. Uh, Heath Ledger. Okay. I mean, in in fairness, though, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't really get to be the Joker in this movie so much as he gets to become the yeah. Joker by the last <laughs> shot. Yeah, <laughs> that reminds right? me of this uh, meme I saw. They're basically talking about all the Jokers, and they're like, uh, like Heath Ledger's Joker is meth or. Uh, is heroin. Jack Nicholson's Joker is cocaine. Jared Leto's oh. Joker is uh, methamphetamine. And Joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> Joker is a 40-hour work week. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, fa- the best one I saw all week. <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. So, yeah, I mean, it's that a good movie. Perfect. It's not a great movie. Uh, but I think it's a great it- movie. I think it's I I think of it's one do. of the greatest movies Man, I've ever seen. This is like the most Siskel and Ebert you guys have gotten on this program. It's <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for the oh kind thoughts. Um, so I'll I'll go you see. You know what? Eventually. Though it's like, yeah, I will say uh, Heath Ledger is the best Joker still because he's the Joker the whole time. Uh, but but Joaquin is the best. I don't know pre Joker. It's okay. like I'd, it's like I'd like to see a Joaquin Phoenix be the Joker. Yeah, in, in an actual okay. Joker in movie Batman. Batman. In Batman v Superman, um, you know Ben Affleck is nowhere near the best Batman, but he is the best Bruce Wayne. It's that kind of thing. Okay, he's not. I got you. He's not yeah. a great supervillain. He's a great like civilian. Okay. I yeah, I still struggle with the whole concept of the Joker needing a backstory. He really doesn't. But but still, uh, this is as this. If you're gonna do one, this one's decent. Okay. Alan Moore wrote the Killing Joke, and he said he needed a backstory, so I, I got to go with him. Yeah, I didn't like the Joker's backstory in the Killing <laughs> Joke. <either. laughs> okay. Final thoughts on the Joker. Go see, see it. it. Okay. See it. Oh my god, right. see it. I'll go. But see don't it. don't don't pay extra for uh uh um 3D. IMAX 3D. We don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody needs that. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Eric, what else do you got? Any other fresh shit? No. How much All do right. you have, Brian? Um, I have a couple things. Okay. I saw two aging kick-ass rock chicks uh, in the last week or so uh, in very different contexts. So first, I went to a, um, I guess it's the book tour for Debbie Harry and Chris Stein from Blondie. Be- Debbie Harry's book, Face It. Um, they had like this uh, just Q&A session with Debbie Harry and Chris Stein. 
Cool. Um, Are they the two who were who dated? Yeah, he was the yeah, photographer. They, they were a okay. thing. He was like the guitarist or something. He's he's a member yeah. of Blondie. Um, but they, I remember they had she had like a uh, a meet and greet party in the seventies with like Patty Smith and uh, like all these these sort of proto punk rock and roll chicks in London. And he took all these pictures of it, and it's amazing if you can find it. Yeah, well, she was a contemporary. They, you know, she was one of the subjects for Andy Warhol, right? So she was part of that whole New York art scene. Yeah, and um, I mean, the big thing to take Debbie Harry is goal is old, folks. Um, what can I tell you? The other thing yeah. about Debbie Harry is she does not actually remember the that whole period of time. Where the blondie was on top of the world. Well, yeah, there's a lot of coke. She back has then. no memories yeah. of this stuff. Uh, Chris Stein had to do most of the talking. That's a lot of drugs but, and rock and roll from the late seventies. Yeah, <laughs> what we pretty much learned was that in that period of time, her job was to be glamorous and high as fuck. Yeah, and she was glamorous and she was high as fuck. She did it well. Yeah. Yep. So the two most interesting anecdotes were actually about other musicians uh one was about there's that one season of saturday night live where it was like you know charles rocket and you know like the 1980 gilbert godfried season yeah and i and she says that you can't even find that like nbc has just thrown that whole season down the memory hole so the, (laughs) the episode she hosted is gone but apparently there was one where David Bowie was on that show and he managed to get his dick on the air. <laughs> like he Whoa. was doing a puppet show and he whips it out and puts the dick between the puppets. Uh, so I'd like to know if that maps reality. The other uh, was that apparently um, there's a story about Iggy Pop in the basement with Chris Stein and they were like shooting pistols in his basement and Chris Stein has a gold record that has a bullet hole through it because Iggy Pop shot his gold record on accident and then ended up signing it. Nice. That's going to go for a pretty penny on eBay. Yeah, that's an improvement. That's pretty cool. That's got to be the most valuable gold record in existence, right? Excellent. It's not like anybody's going to play them. So I was a little disappointed at the very, very end. They put up a, a slide of the book's cover. The book is called Face It, but the original cover said the book's title was Fuck It. And I'm like, oh, you goddamn wimps. <laughs> yeah. You changed the title of the book. How, that's not very punk rock. So I was kind of disappointed. Well, sorry. Um, but we have the book, and we saw Debbie Harry, so that was cool. And then my other fresh shit. So the other day, I went to the Arizona State Fair Woo! to see Pat Benatar. You better run. All right. You better hide. Yeah. <laughs> but before Pat Benatar... <laughs> So we show up at the state fair, and we go to the stand where which has bacon wrapped everything. They got bacon wrapped hot dogs and <laughs> yeah. bacon wrapped turkey legs and bacon wrapped cheese and bacon everything. Bacon wrapped right? Snickers. Buy some of that. Oh, it, yeah, it was hideous. Yeah. Like there's a little thing called like cheesy bacon bombs on their menu. <laughs> nice. We got some of that. We got some Indian fry bread. All of it was terrible. Um, but we got to watch <laughs> a band that we had no idea we were going to get to watch until the day. Metalachi. So, <laughs> Metalachi is, they're from Hollywood. They are a mariachi band that plays mariachi style metal songs. Nice. Oh, cool. So, like, the trumpet player is all dressed up like Guar. Like, he's got the big skull boots <laughs> and the pads. And uh, their lead singer's got, like, the big long D. Snyder hair. And they kicked off their set with, like, this little mariachi song about how they're metalachi metalachi and then they they cut into rainbow in the dark right <laughs> um <laughs> with with the accordions I'll, and such yeah They had a violinist who was playing like through distortion pedals and a trumpet player and the guy with the big acoustic bass and, you know, and a guitarist. Uh, And then I'll drop uh, their cover of Pour Some Sugar on Me in here, but... Oh, please do. (laughs) 
perfectly. Like they weren't awesome, but they were a lot of fun. And they, they also they're they're very they, much a concept. They were an the idea. Is, yeah. Well, LA's got they a can lot. Tell all of these like really racist jokes about Mexicans because they're all Mexican Americans. <laughs> well, so like they actually did earache yeah. my eye. Nice. Right. <laughs> Well, LA's got a lot of that stuff. There's another band called Mexracy, which is basically like a Mexican uh, version that does like Morrissey cover songs and Smith cover songs, but in <laughs> in Spanish. Uh, that nice. was a fun too, and they they kind of do the same sort of thing. I think. Yeah, I was I was actually kind of surprised. We haven't seen more of this. I mean, Dread Zeppelin is like 25 years old. <laughs> That's true. I thought that would have yeah. been the opening of the 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 gate. All right. Well, how was Pat so, Benatar? So Pat Benatar fucking rules. Um, Pat Benatar is like 64 now, and it's her 40th anniversary of uh, you know her professional career, and I guess her 37th wedding anniversary to the guitarist uh, Gerardo Neil Gerardo. Is it anyway? Um, and they're just touring the you know the country and playing the hits and and kicking much ass and she can still just belt it out right like well she started Pat, as an opera singer right did she yeah I think so I don't know yeah and then she found her fame in rock so yeah yeah she you know she's got this great mic technique she you know she's always moving away from the mic but when she goes for those high notes not only does she move way far away from the mic but she's still loud loud as shit right she, she, she's just nailing it yeah yeah I do have to say the that, thing- that uh, her cover of I Need a Lover is uh, superior to John Cougar because she cuts out the 10-minute I- the opening instrumental before you start singing. <laughs> so I appreciate Pat Denner for that. She did not do that, okay. but, but they did most of the other hits. She was the second. I mean, yeah, everybody knows Video Killed the Radio Star was yes. the first video in MTV. Hearst was the second. Nice. They actually yeah. tell that story. Yeah. And uh, just a side note, uh, for years and years and years, I always thought the song Fire and Ice was actually called Firing Eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. One of these days, like not a full show, just just a bit show on songs that we get wrong. Because there's so many. My wife is constantly saying to me, now, do you really think that's those are the words? Because I'll be singing some, some song, you know, and... Yeah, a little bit of your aggravation. We had to get the Death Star plans. Saturday night, <laughs> sun night. I like it. Get a little ass in him, you know. And she'll be like, "No, no." Yeah, I think she's uh, no. she's right. She's got a point. Yeah, that, those <laughs> might not be the words, but who knows? Um. Anyway, yeah, Pat Benatar, she's good, and she's got great stage presence, and really seems like she's having a lot of fun up on stage. Yeah. So. It's a good show. Yeah. I've, I've gone to a lot of old 80s acts, and uh, hers was one of the better ones. And our school ha- so. already has like three Pat Benatars, so that's yeah. good, too. You better run. <laughs> good. Uh, All right. Did you get Chris, the T-shirt? What you got? Uh, no. Oh, I have there some. were T-shirts, but I didn't get it. Uh, I have some, uh, this, I, you knew I was doing this one because I wanted to do a whole show, and you guys definitely didn't want to. But uh, I found this old TV artifact that's on Amazon streaming but you can also get it on YouTube. But way back in 1976, the center square himself, Paul Lind, did a Halloween special for ABC. It's the Paul Lind Halloween special, starring Paul Lind, with Paul's special guests, Tim Conway, Roz, Pinky, Tuscadero, Kelly, Margaret Hamilton. And it's like an hour variety Chris. show. <laughs> Need help. And it's fucking <laughs> Why amazing. Why do you do this? <laughs> well, it's an... No, Paul in all fairness, I did, I did skim through this thing okay. just, just for you. Yeah, you got some Paul, of the... Paul Wind was a big, big deal. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. He, he, they made a, 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 they released a vinyl album of his quips from Hollywood Squares. Yeah. It's like everybody loved Paul Wind and nobody believed he was gay. Yeah. Well, it's like the, nobody that's, believed he was. That's gay? his big shtick. Nobody. Is he was basically what? just like the the like the most thinly closeted gay man in Hollywood. So I mean, super was, gay. Yeah, uh, it was Liberace. Nobody caught on there. Well, I like the really? fact that Mel Brooks said that Paul Lynn could read from the phone book and make it funny. 
Uh, yeah, because he just has that <laughs> that dialogue, that just yeah. that inflection, that just yeah, well, super catty. That, that but it wasn't just Halloween it, special, then, huh? No, it wasn't just but, yeah. that he was like gay. It was that he was sardonic and kind of you know, yeah, forty hour work week. Eh. Well, he was well back in seventy six. He was a big deal, and I guess they they let him do these TV specials. And so this is like the height of the seventies. So everybody got like a variety hour, and that's kind of how they approached this. And uh, I think this thing was also so a lot of the jokes were written by uh, Bruce Valanche, who would go on to do the Academy Awards and all that shit. Uh, and so it's That's just a, a deep cut, yeah. Right there. And wow. it's just this like massive, uh, weird train wreck. But it's so fun to watch because it's just out of touch. But it's it's basically the the reason that you watch it is not for Paul Lind or any of that stuff because nobody's really listening no, is going to give a shit guest stars yeah the it, <laughs> yeah. It, it it has the notable historical significance of being the first primetime appearance of kiss uh so they come in and do three <laughs> different three songs, songs three songs <laughs> yeah. but what kills me is that they come in so their first lead off is uh detroit rock city and they sing they lip sync it really badly so it's kind of like watching kiss meets the yeah. Phantom of the park all over again uh and then the second number is uh, Peter Chris just in front of a piano, badly lip syncing Beth all by himself. Yeah. And then at the very end, the camera like pulls out, and then there's the rest of the band looking really uncomfortable. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> this at, is the interview segment yeah. where Paul Lind is making kiss jokes. Yeah, badly. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is just amazing from start to finish because essentially Paul Lind, his maid is Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, yep. it starts with some shtick where he thinks it's Christmas and then she goes, no, it's not Christmas. So then he's like, Valentine's day. Nope. Easter. Nope. And then it's, oh yeah, it's Halloween. Duh. And then he goes into, uh, a number so bad. of kids, the one he did for bye bye birdie, but they've sort of tweaked it for Halloween and it's so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. And then he finds out that his maid is actually uh, a witch who has taken him out to her sister's place. So basically, Margaret Hamilton then turns into the Wicked Witch of the West, and then her sister yep. is Witchy Poo from H.R. Puff and stuff. And then they wind up giving at him... at this point, we've been <laughs> dropping names like Paul Lynn yeah. and Witchy Poo. <laughs> yeah. And the whole audience is like, I'm like pushing 50, and I don't even remember yeah. this shit. What the hell, Chris? Well, hey, Betty White shows up briefly, <laughs> uh, and there's a little interchange. But the witches give him three wishes, and then there's like uh, dream sequences. And so one of them... He's a truck driver wearing rhinestones, and he gets into like a weird uh, battle with Tim Conway yeah. over the hand yeah. of Pinky Tuscadero, yeah, uh, who was on uh, Happy Days, <laughs> yeah. truckers, and then her, and and she's like, yeah. what is what's her name? Kinky Pinky or Kinky something Pinky, like that? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that route toad. I'm marrying Kinky here, honey. How's that for a ring? Oh, Ruby, where did you get that? It's off, it's off my truck. It's a lug nut. <laughs> okay, okay, over here, carrot chest. She's already got a ring on there. That's mine. Got it down at Midas Muffler. Along with a loop job. <laughs> and then uh, and Billy Barty shows up, and they make short jokes at his expense, which are really uncomfortable to watch. That was Billy Barty's bread and butter in yeah, the 70s, yeah, though. He'd just really show was. up on people's thing for one time and go, Hi, I'm short. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, into me. And then this, <laughs> this, Give me money. Yeah, and then the second dream sequence was uh, Paul Lynn was a sheik, and Florence Henderson was the white woman that he kidnapped. And then, and if, if there's any way to to know that Paul Lind is gay, it's the <laughs> stage kissing with Lauren yeah. Sanderson that really, <laughs> yeah. is, you know. And, uh, and wow. And then after this, like, then they do uh, a musical number with Kiss, and then Florence Henderson comes back and sings a weird off-key disco version yeah. of that Glamorous, old black magic. Sexy Florence disco Florence Henderson. <laughs> yeah, and like a yeah. Bob Mackie black sequin thing. Yeah. It's like, what in the hell is going on? But she's singing Black Magic all off key and then eventually gets into these like weird operatic flourishes that don't mesh with the backbeat at all. <laughs> it's just fucking horrible. 
but the reason you watch this thing is for the finale because in the 70s everybody was contractually obligated to have a disco scene and they do a disco <laughs> scene and the song they do called Disco Baby is an earwig times five I am still trying to get that fucking thing out of my head today it's killing me because it like move it in move out move it up all about Disco Baby and then they're doing like lackluster <laughs> it's so awful uh, yeah. Oh, so definitely yeah. an artifact of the past, and uh, very seventies. Yeah. And I might make it a tradition to watch that every Halloween now, because I was just so gobsmacked at all of the glorious awfulness of it. I'm like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Who who thought this would be good? Yeah, it's awful. Uh, but it's out there now. I think Kiss even has now accepted it into canon and put it on like their uh, anthology, and they actually have uh, embraced it now. <laughs> oh, God bless you! Too. You might as well. It was basically a Kiss special hosted by yeah, Paul Lynn. Basically, the special guest stars Tim Conway, Betty White, and Pinky Tuscadero. Yeah. No, it was Roz Pinky Tuscadero Kelly is her full name. Thank you. Yeah. It was just fucking awful. Uh, but I could have gone on for a whole hour on that show, but, you know, whatever. Jesus. Yeah, uh, it was so, it was better than the Star Wars holiday special. Well, Bruce, I will give it that. Well, Bruce Valanche also wrote that. Same. Bruce Valanche also <laughs> wrote that one. That so. was written by anyone? Yeah, well, Bruce huh. Valanche, if you can consider him a, a sure. writer. But, yeah. Well, there were at least things that that were structured like jokes in this Paul Lind thing. <laughs> yeah, so. loosely. Loosely. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was a good lead off to, uh, my coming week or so of ha- Halloween viewing because Mad Monster Party is next. That's one I watch every year, which is, a the one Rankin and Bass, uh, animated thing. So yeah, you, but, uh, I so just, I'm, I'm stuck in 1987, but Chris appears to be stuck in 1977. Everybody. <laughs> hey, disco and baby, God help disco baby. Well, it's not like they made really weird TV specials in the eighties. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, Chris true. goes where the, goes where the meat is. Hey, mostly I'm just a big fan of Paul Land. center square. I think you're a big fan of destruction. Yeah. That's my theory. You like you like watching the sort of, uh, degradation of Hollywood at work. And I, I salute you. Well, I think Chris got fucked up on NyQuil when he was homesick from school watching 70s TV and like his brain is perfectly warped to like really love this shit. Yeah. What the hell, man? Uh, what can I say? It's, uh, I get it. It, it, it warped get me it. at a young age. But uh, I really need to ask you guys, do you, do you think I'm weird? only in the best way sir yeah well that's all my fresh shit i just urge everybody to go watch the paul and halloween special do it yeah do it chris you know what kind of people aren't weird the people who go to see those fast and furious movies and i don't (laughs) want those people in my house so Uh, good on you yeah i fucking hate the normals that's all i can say (laughs) (laughs) so yeah yeah they uh, think his name is actually The Rock. It's not? Damn. Wait. I think we're, oh, we're no. yeah, this is going off a rail fast. Yeah, what's the topic this week? <laughs> so, so, like, who wants to talk about horror comedy this week? Oh, me. Okay. I actually did not, could not think of anything at first, because I was like, I'm not sure I watched that. And then as I started researching, I thought, oh, shit, I exactly. love this genre. Exactly. It's like, it's it's a surprisingly vast genre. Uh, but let me break it down and see if you agree with me or not. But uh, essentially, my thinking is that it, a horror comedy is a movie that uh, takes elements of the classic horror tropes uh, and sort of tweaks them in a humorous way, obviously. But it can be outright jokey or it can just be sort of satirical but still funny. Uh, so, so they're usually so – they're, so they're meta. They can be. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking like the whatever the the new ones are, like the the scream ripoffs that they've done, mm-hmm. uh, mm. or like the any of the ones that Leslie Nielsen has done, like Dracula Dead and Loving It, because those no, aren't those because those aren't funny. Uh, no, I guess I meant like uh, Shaun of the Dead is very aware of zombie movies. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing is that most of them have to have some sort of affection for the source, yeah, horror type stuff. Uh, in order to make it work. Uh, so, you know, 
it's it's a fine line because some of them are funny-ish, but they're really more horror that have some jokes in them from time to time. And yeah, some of them yeah, are just com- like mine yeah, falls into that category. Yeah, and then yeah. some of them are just straight up joke fests that have horror elements. Yeah, uh, so, I find the the horror movie with joke elements are kind of kind of a bummer. I mean, those are the ones where it's like scary and violent, and yeah. uh, and oh, by the way, here's here's a, a one liner. It's like mm. <laughs> yeah, well, well it depends on the jokes. Like Evil Dead Two. Right, which, which yeah, like, that counts. Which I used to love as a comedy, and now I watch it, and it's way more of a horror movie. Like yeah. I remember uh, watching it with someone for the first time, uh, not really sober, and got like watched them got really freaked out, and it's like oh shit, and that's when it dawned me. It's like oh, if you're not watching this movie and you're not prepared for what's going on, it's literally mm-hmm. about a guy that loses his shit and kills everybody in a cabin in the woods. I mean, there's no jokes yeah. about it, so it's sort of a fine line. So I, you know. I've I've watched that in the last year or two, and I realized what I loved and love about that movie is its technical achievement as an indie. I mean, that is oh, a yeah. lot mm-hmm. going on in yeah. frame for no money. And I like the fact that it's. I mean, even though Raimi and and whatnot have said that it's not a remake of the first Evil Dead. It's it's a straight up remake. They just yeah. basically took a bigger budget and <laughs> refined it. So they just like when we talked about Heat last week, where Michael Mann got to redo L.A. Takedown as Heat. Evil Dead Two is basically just a do over, and they got more yeah. right. So you know, and it works. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that struck me looking at this is, I mean, horror comedies have been around since film immemorial, uh, but they don't really get goosed until late late seventies, early eighties when things kind of shift in the culture. Uh, so you're getting away from like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And then you're getting into more uh, like straight up satiric twists on familiar. What typifies this in the seventies? What movies? Uh, I would say young Frankenstein is a good place to start. That's my Mm. favorite one because it's, it on its own merits is a good universal monster movie, uh, but it's also very funny mm. and it still makes me laugh because of the strength of, of the cast number one, but also cause it's just, it goes to the edge, but it never falls over into, uh, you know, thumbing its nose at the stuff that it's sort of <laughs> making fun of. You know what I mean? What's it's your favorite line, line from that? Uh, when they're walking down into the castle dungeon following the violin and it's, you see all the shriveled heads and then you see, uh, Marty Feldman and the lightning hits and they freak out. And then Gene Wilder just goes, Igor, Froderick. <laughs> I don't know why that one makes me laugh more than anything else in that movie, but my, it does. My favorite. Oh, well, no, no. Uh, Brian, what is your favorite line from that? Um, Favorite line from it? I, I maybe you know their werewolf, their <laughs> wolf, their, <laughs> their castle. castle. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, I did all this just so I could say my favorite line from that movie is "He was my boyfriend." <laughs> yeah, Cloris Leachman, <laughs> Cloris fucking Leachman. But yeah, there's just so many quotable bits, and like Kenneth Mars is Inspector Kent, and he's got that goofy, uh, like mechanical arm that he's always flexing yeah. with. Uh, it just the whole thing is perfect from stem to stern because I was gonna they crafted make espresso. It. Yeah, <laughs> Gene Hackman. Uh, so I, that to me epitomizes sort of what I'm trying to get out here is is movies that are funny and they work on some level as a as a straight up serious horror film, but yeah. they're also very funny. Well, so Young Frankenstein has the benefit of being a an old school gothic horror film. Yeah. Right. right. And not an actual like blood and guts, you know, kids I, probably shouldn't watch this it's, film. It's debatable that Frankenstein itself was ever a horror film unless yeah. you 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 re, until you know that the creature is the victim and Dr. Frankenstein is the monster. But <laughs> Frankenstein. <yeah>. Frankenstein. <laughs> Are you sure it's not Froderick? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so the, the, that's like 74, uh, where it kind of, for me, sort of kicks into gear, but then you don't really see a lot in the seventies, the uh, like Motel Hell kind of hits 1980, uh, and that's sort of a weirdly satirical poke 
at the horror genre where they kind of take the psycho story and sort of just make it weird because they had budgetary constraints. Um, but the early eighties is yeah, kind of where it kicks in. Motel hell. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's fun. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I don't know. Time. I can't think offhand what year it came out, but one of the ones on my list was toxic Avenger. And I think that's early eighties, maybe that's like 70s. 82 or something. That toxic one, that, that uh, one I think is, it, it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Everybody thinks of it. I think as like a straight comedy, but that's because they made so many like crap sequels as money grabs. Yeah. That first one is fucking violent. I mean, it is so <laughs> it really over is. the top violent that the violence is the comedy. Yeah. Yeah, Toxic Avenger is, I mean, it's kind of the quintessential trauma film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It really like, is. Yeah. There's, okay, To if you've never seen Toxic Avenger, just, I mean, without going into story, there's a nerd uh, on the street and four cool kids in their muscle car, and they chase him in their car, bullying him, and then they run him over and crush his head. And you think, oh, this is the part where they all go, oh, no, we've killed somebody. We've got to hide the body. No, no, no. The girls, they all start cheering and the girls get out and start taking Polaroid one step pictures of the corpse. And later on, one of the girls shortly before she's murdered is masturbating, viewing their one step photos of the guy's crushed head. <laughs> yeah. Good old trauma. Yeah. And they really like they really knew what they were doing. It's like, what? Yeah. Well, we got to show some titties. How do we do that? Have her masturbate to some pictures. Yeah. Well, that's sort of the, the weirdness. It's the, sort of, you this, know. The, Toxic Avenger is the movie where somebody gets killed with a deep fryer and a fryer basket. It is <laughs> yeah. fucked up. Yeah. 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 And another guy gets his head crushed with the weights from the, the pull-up bar with the little spike thing. Yeah. Mm. And this movie would go on to create a Saturday morning cartoon show for kids. Yeah. Go figure. Go figure that. <laughs> well, the 80s is sort of, I think, where it all comes in because the 80s was also that resurgence of the horror film as an actual viable financial uh Well, sure. Thing. Halloween. Like, yeah, Halloween yeah, and then yeah. Friday the 13th, etc. And so they kind of have fun with it. So then you get stuff like the Evil Dead movies. Uh, and then from there, the, you can you can amp up the gore. Uh, or tone it down to your liking. Uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Same. Or yeah, or even brains. I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even Gremlins, which I I counts as a horror comedy, but I never think of it as a horror comedy. That's like a weird. It's its own thing. It's a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I also the same thing with Ghostbusters. I never think of Ghostbusters as a horror comedy, but technically no. you could. Yeah. Sort of, it but is, I though. don't. But I don't. I don't lump it in. So. Those are yeah. my, okay. my nose. I think that's why they cannot make any other Ghostbuster movies work, is they, they forget that it's it's commentary on ghosts. You know, it's not... Yeah. The story is not the ghosts, you know? <laughs> it's, it's the idea of, okay, we're going to take all the ghost stories we saw and call in an exterminator and get rid of them. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Uh, but the 80s to me are the, the heyday, because uh, my other big favorite from that era is American Werewolf in London. Which again is not a super jokey movie, uh, but it is a very dark black comedy, and it makes me laugh every time I watch it when Griffin Dunn is on screen as the <laughs> as slowly rotting the, the, slow, the slowly rotting corpse of his friend that was murdered by a werewolf on the moors of yeah. Scotland, uh, and he just keeps telling him, "David, you have to kill yourself to kill the bloodline." <laughs> Why won't you listen to me? And then when he turns in the world and kills all the people, then, and then he brings all of them back as <laughs> in limbo, and the couple are just super sweet and nice. You could hang yourself. You could shoot yourself. I mean, it, every time I watch it, it makes me laugh, and it's just so dark but so funny. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, all right. So are we just rattling off everything or do we have a like categories here or what are we doing? Uh, I think I th I think we're we're almost done with the history, right? Because yeah. at one point we get into the 90s where it's all referential. It's like that I think it starts with Scream, but then it turns into, "Oh yeah, you remember remember zombie movies? Oh yeah, remember Dracula movies? Yeah, let's let's fuck with those." Yeah. I think uh, you're you're onto that cuz uh the 90s to me, they're they've got a lot of titles, but it's a fairly thin 
era for the horror comedy because mm. it's either big budget stuff like arachnophobia, which is just hasn't aged well. Uh, but then you get stuff like tremors, which is just straight up fifties sci-fi monster yeah. horror. Uh, which I still is always, like that movie. It's fun. I still really like that movie. I, I, They're I, making another one. Yeah, like, like Michael Gross is filming another Tremors movie <laughs> as like, we record. Yeah, this. like Tremors Ten. Uh, I just don't get how they made so many. But the first one is is actually very fun. I saw it in the theater. Uh, I still enjoy it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, then you get like Scream, which then becomes this like super meta uh, thing. And I've never liked the Scream franchise, so I am not one to to go on about it. But I defer the floor to either of you. It it shouldn't be a franchise, right? Like Scream One was clever, and then stop it. Like, yeah, it, it's hard to keep that going. It's yeah. almost like the joke is horror movies have too many sequels, but then that's that's you better have a lot more than that if that's your joke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's but, true. But the idea of making a a movie about a slasher who kills kids who should jolly well know better. Because yeah. they're horror movie fans. Okay, that was kind of cool. Well, would you call it a deconstruction? Yeah. Okay. Because that t- I've found a bunch too that that sort of falls into into that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, and jump ahead to just a few years ago. Did you have you guys ever seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil? That was my pick for the week. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Go into it. Then. Let's let's roll with I, that. I, I it's on my list of things I should watch. I haven't watched yet. <laughs> it's so right. fucking funny uh, because it just it takes the idea of the mad killer in the woods and turns it so completely on yeah. its head. Yeah. It's to be genius. I loved it. I mean, it's yeah. It's the two hillbilly folk in the the middle of the woods who you think are supposed to be the killers, and they're just the victims over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> By these, these, I love the scene where it's uh, they've already had a couple of kids die on them. Like one kid running hysterical through the woods and impales himself on a on like a fallen tree, and then yeah. another one trying to go after the hillbilly because he thinks he's the killer and trips and falls into the wood chipper and then the cop shows up and it's the two hillbillies going these kids just keep trying to kill themselves on my property (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's the gist of the whole movie right there what (laughs) uh but alan tudyk is just he's fucking hilarious in this yeah yeah and he just keeps getting like assaulted and it is funny every time. He's like, why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And they take all of the tropes, too, which is amazing to me. Because it starts out like the standard where the kids are going up to the cabin and then they stop at the creepy gas station and run into the weird hick locals that are very menacing uh, deliverance type. And then yeah. uh, through just a series of accidents, the kids start dying. <laughs> <laughs> around these hillbillies right. and it totally subverts the entire enterprise it's so and it turns good. out that the, the evil is like the college kid and tucker and dale are these sort of hapless heroes yeah and you even get the final girl i mean they just they do all the tropes yeah so, yeah in a few minutes uh my 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 wife's cousin's gonna start like hammering and nailing and sawing things because <laughs> he agreed to stop until three so we probably need to there we go Probably need to jump on it. <laughs> Boom. Uh, All right. Well, I'll go ahead and talk about the one that I was going to bring up because it, it's similar conceptually, I guess. And that is uh, The Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Um, so Cabin in the Woods is genius, in my opinion. Uh, it is definitely a deconstruction. And yet, it is very much a solid horror film. It takes um, a total Eric, have left you seen turn. It? I have not seen it. I know the I know the twist behind it, so you're not ruining anything yeah, there. Well, I, I mean, I wanted to see it because it seems like few pure. It seems like pure Joss Whedon. That's why I really want in. Yeah, yeah. But I just have never had the time. So I, basically, the deal is that there are these these just regular everyday schlubs who work in this oppressive corporate facility, uh, where their job is to make sure that the uh the rules are followed and that a bunch of kids end up in this cabin and that they choose their fate and the whore dies first and then there's a jock and a scholar and a fool and a virgin for the final girl and they've got to do things right or the elder gods will get pissed off and uh (laughs) and there's a lot of a lot of snippy jokey dialogue a la joss whedon in the beginning 
Right, uh, but they're manipulating the whole situation to get the the horror movie to happen, basically. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending is amazing, Eric. <laughs> it's uh, really up Eric's alley, honestly. <laughs> uh, well, I like it because it, it also sort of draws you in because they do the intercut between the people manipulating and then the actual kids being manipulated. And so then the whole thing becomes this weird sort of uncomfortable statement on reality show TV almost. Yeah. Uh, Like you're complicit in all of the horrible shit that is going on (laughs) by virtue of watching it. And then you can either choose to go, yeah, this is awesome. Or you can feel a little creeped out by it. And and it's sort of, that's your, your line in the sand and they, they do that very well. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's not much of a spoiler to say. So there's a there's a cellar full of all of this stuff, and based on what you interact with, yet that's how you choose what horror movie you're in, basically. <clears throat> yeah. And like the guys in the office have this big whiteboard, and they've got a betting pool. I'm like, what are these kids gonna pick? Are they gonna pick this? Are they gonna, you know, um, and it's shit like that where it's just the intercut of the mundane with the horror tropes yeah. um, where the comedy lies. Mm. So, yeah. And then the, the final deal that I liked was that they do the weird twist on the final girl. Uh, Cause it's the, yeah. the guy that gets high all the time is sort of almost by the end is the final girl. The, like the roles have switched somehow. Right. right. Uh, so it's a nice little tweak on the, the formula that uh, is done very well. And and isn't it so- something like they all have to die or the universe uh, collapses or something? Yeah, basically the the horrific gods that rule the planet uh, have been sleeping and they have to do these ritual sacrifices every oh, year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, in order to keep everybody else alive on the planet. Uh, <laughs> and like other countries are doing the same thing. There's like divisions around the world yeah, trying to do the like same thing. Japanese division. And, <laughs> right, and that's yeah. like, and that's like a, a ring type setting. Uh, that you're just watching play yeah. out in the background on monitors uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, so they do a lot of uh, different horror tropes all kind of thrown at you, but in very subtle ways. It, it was very well done. I got to yeah. see this. You should, you should yeah. definitely watch it, Eric. It's, I'm going to watch it this week. Yeah. Good. So so yeah, that that was mine. Uh, Chris, what were you bringing? Uh, Young Frankenstein's my bang one, but uh, Shaun of the Dead, I think, is the other major one that... Uh, I yeah. go to again and, I and still again. Need to see it, I've seen, well, the, I've seen the world's end. But Shaun I of the Dead. Seen Shaun of, of the Dead of the Cornetto trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Shaun mm-hmm. of the Dead is the best one in my opinion. I've uh, seen the other two. <laughs> yeah, uh, but because it's it's a straight up zombie film, and they have obvious affection for the zombie genre but it's really funny yeah i mean but, they, the the jokes aren't like halfway they it, it is a comedy that has horror stuff instead of a horror movie with comedy stuff yeah well basically mm-hmm. they made a romantic comedy and then they just said well hey let's just put it with a backdrop of a zombie apocalypse thing going on and uh and that the zombie stuff is almost secondary for most of the movie, which is what makes it all the funnier. Because you see all the stuff going on in the background, but these people are so self-absorbed with their own problems <laughs> that they're totally oblivious to all of the stuff until it's too late. And then by that time, the shit hits the fan. So it's uh, the characters are all very well drawn, but it's just funny from start to finish. Uh, so yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen it, Brian. Yeah, it's it's just... It's been on the list. Haven't gotten to it yet. Maybe that's a good one for me to watch this month. Yeah. Well, and you watched uh, recently uh, Spaced, right? Uh, I watched, yeah, about half the first series of Spaced. Okay. You'll see a lot of the same people in that. Yeah. 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 Uh, And then the sort of- I also saw Anna versus the Apocalypse, which was the the Shaun of the Dead Christmas musical kind of thing last year. Oh, that's right. Okay. So you're familiar. So yeah, Shaun of the Dead, and that was like a weird one too, because that came out in 04, that was when that Dawn of the Dead remake hit, and that sort of sparked the uh, the resurgence of the zombie shit yeah, that the we're in best, now. I think that Dawn of the Dead is the best uh, zombie movie of all time. I, I I know Zack Snyder is a hack, but that one movie was fucking <laughs> it's, phenomenal. It's well done. And Shaun of the Dead was just a UK release, and it did so well, they decided to bring it over. I had friends on LiveJournal in England who went to see it and they were telling me about this fucking amazing movie. And they sent like, they sent me a link to the, uh, 
to the trailer for it. And I just went, whoa, <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a perfect melding of, of image to sound. Uh, and the actors are great. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of good Dire- rapport going on. So yeah. Directed by the guy who should have made Ant-Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So yeah. So Shaun of the Dead is definitely like that. Like if I were to choose my top three, in order from from first to third, Young Frankenstein, uh, Shaun of the Dead, American Werewolf in London. Those would be my top three picks mm. for horror comedy because those are the ones that I've watched the most and I go back to over and over and over for some reason. I can't tell you why. I just do. Yeah. I, I, w- I would give an honorable mention to the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer because is, it's it that is another one that's turning the trope on its head of yeah. the like pretty blonde girl right. who is going to get victimized by a vampire who just fucks shit up. Well, I had that on my list for alternates, the actual movie uh, that started all. Because yeah, and that then again, doesn't age well. No, but it, again, Joss Whedon has his sticky little fingers all over these things. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, he wrote that while working as a script doctor on Speed. Not no. not the drug Speed, the movie. Speed. <laughs> was, Sorry. He was Whoa, that he awesome was on Speed. came out weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then, you know, beyond that, I just, every time I thought I was done finding a title that would end the my list, I found another one and I just kept rolling them off, uh, which we can save for another time. Uh but this is for you, Brian. I did uh, revisit a couple of really shitty old ones that I had forgotten about just so I could have oh boy. <laughs> a baseline. Uh, and so I did go back and rewatch Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and it is just as awful as you would remember. <laughs> it really is. It's so awful. Is that among the, the movies that no human should ever watch ever? But uh, Well, yeah. I mean, it's got Linnea Quigley, Scream Queen, of the eighties, uh, which is its only real saving grace. And it was done by Dave Ducatu. who did a bunch oh, of those low budgets. No. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the one. Cause we, cause our rally cry back in the day was, we are better than Dave Ducatu. And I think it stemmed from sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama. <laughs> honestly. Uh, oh boy. Nice girls don't explode. That's not a not horror. Really movie. a horror. It's not. No, I no. thought it no, was. No, it's actually kind of a sweet little comedy. Yeah, I remember. I remember it being a lot of death. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, not really. Uh, and then another special shout out to what we do in the shadows. Uh, it's probably one of the most yeah, perfect sure. vampire comedies ever made. Period. Yeah. End of story. And why? Why I'm looking forward so so much to Jojo Bunny, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> um, yeah, with Taika Waititi as yeah Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. Because no one else would play it. That's so funny. Yeah. No one would wanted to play a comedy Hitler. So he said, well, fuck it. I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there you go. And then lastly, just for clickbait, uh, have either of you watched Zombieland? Do you care about Zombieland? Do you care? That I, love, you know, I love Zombieland. I saw it, I saw it a while back. It, it was fine. Yeah. I think I, as, as a, like an Uber zombie movie fan, I, you know, I, I got it. I was like, Again, they're they're being very self-referential to zombie movies. Right. I did. I just don't have it in me to go see Double Tap though, because I'm like, you got it right the first time. Yeah. I don't want to see a sequel now that everyone's careers have arced. <laughs> it's it's I, true. I will give it to them though that apparently the sequel is a labor of love, and that all the people involved wanted to do it. Oh, yeah, so really? maybe it's good. You know, I mean, yeah. it could be. Well, every time one of them had a big success. I was like, oh, well, uh, pushes out any Zombieland sequel a little further. Oh, yeah. she just won Best Actress? Well, I guess we're not going to see a Zombieland. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for that, though, where it's like Academy Award winner Emma Stone, Academy Award winner Woody Harrelson, Academy Award winner, you know, whatever the guy from the social network <laughs> name is. Jesse like, Eisenberg. It's, yeah, it starts off with like that, Academy Award winner this and that and the other. Zombieland. <laughs> <laughs> Zombieland double tap. Yeah. It's like the actual trailer for this thing. Uh yeah, so you know, and then I'm surprised you didn't bring up Beetlejuice, Brian. I'm sh- I'm ashamed yeah. of you for that, but you know, I'm at, I, I'm thankful. Beetlejuice. I don't think that's I don't think that should that's almost too easy. Yeah, I mean, I talked about Beetlejuice last year because I went and saw a, a movie party of it, so I didn't really True. feel like I needed to bring it back. True. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I just I, I just had a, a giant list, and we'll we won't rattle off because I know that makes Brian's skin crawl. <laughs> 
<laughs> we just start doing listicles at the end because it's just you should, filler. Yeah, you should actually, for your outro, you should do like a uh, um, an NBC The More You Know kind of thing. Here are some of the other zombie uh, uh, horror <laughs> okay. comedies you should probably watch. Okay. Well, uh, I'll do that then. Just we can tag it out at the end. Uh, but any other thoughts on horror comedy? Do you like them? Do you hate them? Do you want to see more? I don't know that I like it as a genre, but I th- appear to like everything ev- anyone's ever done in it. That means you like the genre. <laughs> yeah. That's just I, I think I might, it might be my, my preferred form of horror movie. Exactly. I don't, you know, I don't really need to see like the torture porn or anything, yeah. but I do enjoy people who are, are, are having fun with the effects. Right. Yeah. So. Okay. I, I agree with that. Cause there's a lot of podcasts out there that just focus strictly on horror and, uh, I don't know if I could do that. So really horror comedy is my preferred venue uh, when I'm getting scares. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's just my personal taste. So happy Halloween. Thanks happy for Halloween. Uh, for stopping by and uh, putting a rock in my bag, you fuckers. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, where can people send us emails if they want to put more rocks in our veritable bag? They can um, send them to maghuge at gmail.com but you can also find us on twitter at mag huge you can find us on the facebook at uh, uh magnificently huge uh we love getting responses from people we take all ideas very seriously and do whole shows on them that you can then tell your friends about and say i did that even though we will do it for you exactly and it's magnificently huge at gmail.com i thought Oh, is it? And our website is maghuge.com. <laughs> we don't even know what our, our email address is. I almost got it right this time. I almost, <laughs> almost got it. That's why we don't let Eric do these things on the regular. Who uses email anymore? <laughs> Nobody. That's it. No, that's for old people. <laughs> so thanks for stopping by. Uh, we'll see you next time. Shake it up, shake it down. Move it in, move it round. Just go play, play. And as an added public service announcement, here are a few of the titles fall under the horror comedy genre we think you should enjoy right now or whenever you really get around to it uh, arachnophobia ghost and mr chicken frighteners fearless vampire killers american psycho buffy the vampire slayer bubba hotep fright night little shop of horrors return of the living dead zombie land cabin in the woods sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama motel hell tucker and dale versus evil Monster House, Gremlins, What We Do in the Shadows, Shaun of the Dead, Beetlejuice, Tremors, Reanimate, American Werewolf in London, Evil Dead 2, Young Frankenstein. You know, the list is endless. Just go watch yourself some funny horror and uh, enjoy your Halloween. Thank you.